It is Wednesday, and it's another edition of Locked On Royals and the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jack Johnson. Cole Reagan's dominated again. We're going to talk about him. Bobby Wood Jr. is closely approaching a 30-30 season. And lastly, these bullpen tryouts are not going according to plan. We're going to get into all that coming up next on Locked On Royals. You are Locked On Royals, your daily Kansas City Royals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Royals your first listen every day. And if you haven't found us by now, you can always check us out on those podcasting platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and you can also catch us on YouTube. Just be sure to hit that follow button and subscribe. And if you want to find me, you can do so on Twitter at JohnnyJ underscore 15. That's at J-O-H-N-Y-J underscore 15. I'm a lifelong Royals fan. Sports is really my passion. It's my job. I work at a radio station here in Kansas City. Kansas City have daily radio shows, and a lot of that coverage goes to the Kansas City Royals. On Monday nights, I'm out at Kauffman Stadium down in the clubhouse uh, getting as much audio as I can. So if you're still into following this team, if you still love following along for the content, you know, whether it be tweets or these podcast videos, uh, I'm always here for it. Again, my Twitter handle is at JohnnyJ underscore 15. Well, it was an ugly series against the lowly Oakland A's, but can I really say the lowly Oakland A's and not say the lowly Kansas City Royals in the same sentence? I mean, that's kind of why it's frustrating to play a team like Oakland because when you're not that good, you still go in expecting to beat the Oakland A's, and the A's won the first two games of this series. And I was not wildly disappointed. I think I was more so just thinking to myself, why am I putting the Royals in a different category than the A's? These teams are not that far off in terms of win-loss record, but I just felt like the talent was far more in favor of Kansas City. But in the first two games of the series, that was simply just not the case. Uh, those were two teams that were very evenly matched. Uh, the Royals were not showing out in the way that I thought they would. Uh, they'd had a lot of games decided by two runs or less. I believe it was 10 straight games, but they were 2-8 and eight in those games, so they weren't able to really close the door or finish the deal. Then today, they just get an absolutely dominant performance once again from Cole Reagans. And I don't really know what else to say at this point other than this was an absolute home run deal for the Kansas City Royals. And trading away a role this Chapman, and everybody, including myself, I felt like at the time when we saw this trade, you, you went, this makes no sense. A role this Chapman is your prize piece. He is your, your hidden gem. You fixed him, and now this is all you get? a lottery ticket throw-in, and a guy who's pitching out of the bullpen, poorly, I might add, for the Texas Rangers. Cole Reagans did not look like a guy that was willing to take a chance on. I did not see the stuff. I, I like the, the fastball a little bit, but this is a completely different pitcher. I mean, today was the best he's looked in a Royals uniform. This is the best he's looked in his entire career. Pitch 99 today, we always talk about the late-game velocity for Cole Reagans. Pitch 99 was at 100 miles an hour. In my lifetime, there was one pitcher that always comes to mind. I'm not saying he's going to be this guy, but I always remember when the Royals would face Justin Verlander in Detroit, he would do this. He'd get into the sixth and seventh inning, and somehow the velocity went up. 
you know, we'd get to pitch 97, 98, 99, and it was pretty much matching the velocity. 97, 98, 99. And Cole Reagans is this guy now where he can maintain that velocity. I mean, it's one thing to go out there and air it out in the first inning when the adrenaline's high. There was nobody watching that game today in Oakland. So this is a guy that just has that velocity. You know, in his first start against Tampa Bay, you saw the 98, 99, and even the 100. But it was also the first inning. Now, he maintained that velocity. Then we saw the next time out when he came back up to Kansas City, that velocity was around 94, 95. It was back to normal a little bit. But it was kind of the cold conditions. I believe it was against the Red Sox in Boston. That's the last time. Maybe it was the Mets. I think it was against the Mets, and it was just not great conditions for that game. I believe it had rained earlier that day or rained the night before. But this velocity is maintained the same, and that's the big thing here. This is why I'm so bought in on Cole Reagans. It's one thing to go out there and shove, and he is leading the league in strikeouts, I believe, in the last month or in the second half by a wide margin. I mean, this guy is truly pitching like an ace. Today, 11 Ks against Oakland, no walks, two hits. One of those is an infield hit. The other one was the very first batter that he faced in the game. I mean, he was lights out. And you could also say, well, it's the Oakland days. Don't read into it. It's the Kansas City Royals. But why are we acting like the Royals are the Braves here? No, you can still look at Cole Reagan's start and go, that was wildly impressive. It's one thing, like I said, to shove. When you have the velocity that he has, what makes you think that the A's are making him throw that hard? What makes you think the Mets made him throw that hard? Or the Red Sox? Or the Rays? I mean, this guy has just been absolute nails. He's been the bulldog of this staff. And if you're asking me honestly, there's one guy I truly care about to watch every fifth day. It's Cole Reagans. I I can't really say Brady Singer because Brady Singer has kind of been hit and miss. And even when he's on, it's not like he's just shoving in the way that Cole Reagans is. When Cole Reagans is on like today, that is much must-watch TV. The last time I remember a guy with this velocity that shoved in the way that he did against Oakland today, it's Rodano Ventura. I, I remember back in the, the 14 and 15 years, even the 13 season, late in the 13 season, Rodano Ventura was must-see must TV. I mean, he was just that type of guy on the mound. You had to watch that game. I mean, the Royals play in Seattle this weekend. They're off tomorrow. All I'm looking forward to right now is that start he has against the Pirates on Tuesday. Yes, Brady Singer starts on Friday night. Then you get Jordan Lyles. You'll probably get the opener on Sunday with Alec Marsh being the bulk pitcher. I'd imagine Zach Granke's back on the bump for Monday night. And then you get Cole Reagans. I mean, this to me is a guy that you build your rotation around. And here's also the other beautiful thing of it. Cole Reagans was not a sure thing, and he still isn't a sure thing, as nobody in baseball is. I mean, you go and get a guy that's 25 years old, had two Tommy Johns, though the first Tommy John I just don't think was operated on correctly. I don't want to speak for anybody, but it wasn't like he blew out his arm, pitched again, blew out his arm. He pitched, blew out his arm, and then it just unraveled on him when he was just beginning to work back up again. It wasn't two separate Tommy Johns. I don't think the first one healed as properly. But to me, he's a guy, when you're looking to build your rotation, this is who you do it around. You don't do it around Brady Singer. Now, Brady Singer has been good in the second half. He doesn't have number one stuff. It's been five to six starts, but this, if it maintains this way, that's number one stuff. Triple digits from a lefty, 11 Ks, no walks, 
you can, you know, bark at me, argue with me and say small sample size. Stop acting like he's a Cy Young guy. Not saying that. The Royals need to start somewhere with their rotation. You do it with guys like Cole Reagans. Now, I'm not going into this offseason handing him the number one spot. I still want him to build up to be the number one. Then maybe by 2025, he is your opening day starter. But put him as the number three. Go sign a number one and number two or make him the number two. If you don't move Brady Singer because of experience, put him as the two. Then Reagan's the three. Go sign a number one. But youth-wise, stuff-wise, there's nobody else in the system right now that comes close to Cole Reagan's. Nobody. And it's not just the Oakland game. It's the Mets game. It's the Red Sox game. It's the game against the Cubs in Wrigley. I mean, when do we just say, okay, he actually is good? For for those other that are pessimists, when is it going to be enough? A full season? Does he need to make 30 starts for you to believe? Okay, if you want to be on that direction, if you want to be on that path, that's you. But to me, it feels like when you have a guy like this, consistently hitting upper 90s, triple digits on his last pitch of the day, that's unique. That's unicorn stuff. Now, if he stays healthy, now you've got a gem. But but the best part about it, to go back to this point, is that Cole Riggins was not a number one prospect. He worked on his velocity in the offseason. The Royals saw that, took a chance on it. It did take a guy like Aroldis Chapman, but you got Aroldis Chapman on a minor league deal. So the Royals can make moves like this, find guys like this. They never do. Cole Reagans is the first guy that I can think of in recent memory that they have just discovered and tapped into something. I mean, you don't think Texas right now is looking at him and going, where the hell was this? Where did you find this velocity, this movement, this swing and miss? Now, I'm not saying the Royals completely you know, tapped into all that potential. A lot of it is just him. You need to give him the praise there. But my goodness, today I was watching a guy that's maybe a future ace of a staff. For a bad team, absolutely. And the Royals are a bad team right now. But I don't know. I don't know how much more I need to see to believe. I was on the Cole Reagans train, you know, after that start against the Mets. I was kind of on the train after that first start against Tampa because the velocity alone. I've said this about pitchers before. They have the velocity, I can work with it. You know, if you're a guy that has high velocity, low command, I can work with it. I can deal with it. I can deal with you going in there and and walking a few guys, but getting the punch out. That's why I wanted John McMillan in Kansas City. And lo and behold, John McMillan's looked really good in his three outings so far. That's why I like Dylan Coleman last year. And this Dylan Coleman, I don't like so much because the velocity isn't there. You throw that hard, you can work with it. That's what the great teams do in developing out there. You get a guy with high velocity, high spin rate, that's something you can work with. And the Royals clearly have something to work with in Cole Reagans. Now, Reagans wasn't the only star of this game. Another guy, and surprise, surprise, it is the star of this team. And Bobby Witt Jr. homered again, the second time in this series against Oakland. He is four home runs away from a 30-30 season. Let's check up on Bobby Witt Jr. when we return on Locked on Royals. You are tuned into Locked On Royals on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jack Johnson. You can always follow me on Twitter at JohnnyJ underscore 15. That's at J-O-H-N-Y-J underscore one five. Before we talk about the Royals star in Bobby Witt Jr., let's give a shout out to today's title sponsor in eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, 
Head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to My Garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit. Or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit. Only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I love to get to talk about this team when there is something worth talking about. I think a perfect example is that last night, I'm staying up late to watch this game. I don't know. I'm kind of a sucker for West Coast baseball. I'll stay up sometimes and watch those Padres games, those Angels games, those Dodgers games, you know, any of those California games, any of the California teams, or I might stay up late and watch the Diamondbacks play. So I did kind of like having the Royals be a little bit later on in the day. It also helps me out with the podcast because I get time to come home from work and record this podcast and get it out to you, uh, the beautiful listeners who continue to listen in and download and subscribe and all that good stuff. But last night as I'm watching that game and the Royals are within one run, of course you want them to win that game if you're a Royals fan. But I wasn't thrilled with how the game had gone because none of the young guys had really shined until John McMillan came in. You know, Salvador Perez had a two-run double. Yes, Kyle Isbell had a two-run single, but I still think the jury's out on if Kyle Isbell is a future fit for this team. And Zach Granke's the one who shoves, not Angel Serpa. So to me, that's not really worthy talking about because a lot of the guys that contributed that played well aren't going to be around in Kansas City much longer. But today, this was one of those days. These are one of the days that I love jumping on uh, this podcasting realm. I love getting on Twitter, tweeting about the game when there's stuff that is worth talking about. And let's be honest, this team is 41 and 88. You think I am waking up every single day just chomping at the bit to talk about a 41 and 88 team? You think there are days that I wake up and I just have endless things to talk about? It's not the case. And I feel like if you've listened to me long enough, you would know that. It's hard some days to come up with content, but today is simply not one of those days. Cole Reagan shoved, and Bobby Witt Jr. once again was the star offensively. You know, I want to give some preps to, to Dyron Blanco with his first major league home run. Crushed it, by the way, and for a 30-year-old rookie, just a great story. But I'm not going to say that Dyron Blanco is on the team next year. You know, Drew Waters had an RBI triple in this game. Uh, I thought the Royals did enough offensively. They'd done enough offensively the last couple of weeks to give their you know, starter some some cushion, some run support, but they haven't always held up their end of the deal. But Bobby Wood Jr. today uh, just kind of casually goes two for four, gets his 26th home run. No, his single earlier on in the day, 113 miles an hour, 111 miles, I believe it was. Might have been 107 or 108, something like that. It's in the range of 107 to 113. And then his home run was not far behind that. He just continues to impress me with even in days like this. You know, he's not going to be all over the MLB account. He's not going to have people tweeting about him left and right. Here in Kansas City, of course, we will because this is the main star player that you have. But to me, it's that these casual games are getting more and more common. You know, I think a casual game for Bobby Witt Jr. last year was one for four. He had a 
a pretty good at bat, maybe legged out a single, maybe had a double in that game, but it never was something that made you go back and look at it and say, that was a great game. It was a casual game. You know, he did enough. He had a hit in the game. Maybe he played well defensively, but this is different now. This is different because he can have those games like he did in the Seattle series where he's four for five inside the park home run. He's playing gold glove defense at shortstop. I mean, that's the Bobby Wood Jr. that makes you go, wow. That's when MLB Network and ESPN notice what he's doing for a really bad baseball team when loss-wise. Then there's days like today where, yes, he homers, and maybe I'm not giving him enough credit for homering in this game against the Oakland A's. But to me, it just felt like another game for him. And that's when it goes from a great player to a star player. Now, think about it when, when I'm going over this a little bit. And let's even throw out today. Let's do what he did, you know, back in that series against the Cardinals. Okay, there was that big offensive outburst against the Cardinals. Don't believe he homered in the game. I could be wrong. I think he homered in that series. There were, One of the games I'm thinking of here, it might have been on the Saturday game. I think Cole Reagan's made that start. He get two hits in the game, and you just you don't even bat an eye. No, today he had the home run and the single, but it's like you don't even really notice he goes two for four now. You don't really notice when he goes one for two with a walk. Because maybe you're just caught up in the win-loss part of it. But to me, it's like when the star player's in the game. You know, when guys like, like Mike Trout, Shohei Otani, when Luis Robert, you know, Julio Rodriguez, they'll just get two hits and you won't even notice it. As long as you can, you know, not let them completely damage your pitching staff, you feel fine by it. And now I'm almost wondering if teams are attacking the Royals lineup and saying, nobody else is going to get us. There's one guy who's going to get us, and that's Bobby Wood Jr. Today, he did get the Oakland uh, reliever, I believe, in that game. I think it was Kyle Muller he homered off of. So you get to him there. But he's in this hot stretch, this hot streak where it's almost just he's going to get hits. Now, of course, last night he goes 0 for 5, and, and you could criticize me for that and saying, well, he did that against a bad Oakland pitching staff. If you don't watch baseball a lot, then I can understand why you would think one bad night can say, well, now he's just terrible again. No, let's not overreact. Bad players can go four for five. Great players can go over five. That's just the way it goes in a 162 game season. But today was one of those days where I'm not like in awe about him homering today, him having a 108 or nine mile per hour single, just opposite field, you know, trying to steal second. No, but he's just, it's an everyday thing now. And the second half, that's been how Bobby Wood Jr. has played. He's great defensively at shortstop. And you just expect him now to get hits at the plate. That's when it goes from a much different thing for me. At least as somebody who's consuming this game, that is tweeting, talking about this game. How many guys in the Royals lineup do you see walk up to the plate and you go, I feel like he's going to get a hit here? How many? Right now, for me, it's Michael Garcia and Bobby Witt Jr. I think those are the only two guys that I feel pretty confident that when they're up there, they're going to be able to have an above 70% chance of hitting the ball hard and putting it somewhere where somebody is not. Vinny Pasquantino was that for me last year. Last year, I did not trust Bobby Witt Jr. to get a hit. I kind of viewed him in the same way I did Alberto Mondesi, that you knew all that potential was there. That stardom was there. But you almost kind of were caught off guard when he put together that very consistent day. 
It's like, wow, Alberto Montesi went two for four, no strikeouts, an RBI double and a home run. That's pretty impressive. But then he may follow it up with an 0 for 12 stretch with seven strikeouts. Now, Bobby Wood Jr. did that from time to time last year and even early on this year. Now it's like I'm floored if he goes 0 for 4 or 0 for 5. I'm kind of shocked if he strikes out twice in a game. And that's such a good thing. And if he gets a 30-30 season, which now with over a month to go, he should get it. This is a a different type of player you are dealing with. And we're talking about contract extensions and what he may want. I think a lot of us are hoping for a 10 or 12-year deal. But I'd imagine that if he signs an extension, it's in the ballpark of 6 to 7. Because he doesn't want to hit the free agent market when he's 35 or 36. He would like to hit it when he's probably 29 or 30. So if a deal gets done, I'd imagine it's six or seven years, which would still be good enough for the Kansas City Royals. But this is such a big part of what is happening in this rebuild. Now, 30-30 seasons, they're not very common. I think you should all know that by now. But it's almost in the way that he's done it entirely in the second half. The stolen bases, that was a big thing for him in the first half. But I can't say that I was remotely considering a 30-30 season in the first half. It's been the second half where he's gone on this ridiculous tear. And I kind of chuckled to myself because in that first series, I think it was Tampa. That Yeah, it was Tampa. I went back through my tweets. Just I think it popped up to me somehow, but I was going back to find something I had said. And I stumbled upon, uh, stumbled upon this tweet. And it was against Tampa. It was in the, the series finale. The Royals won this game. But Bobby Wood Jr. had like an 110, 11-mile-an-hour double. I said, he's going to have a big second half. And I'm not trying to say I'm right, you're wrong, but you could just see things were spinning for him, how hard he was hitting it, how the defense was turning around. And now we're seeing a transcendent ball player, and it's fun to watch. It was fun to watch Cole Reagans. But again, when you have a great player, just keep churning out these games. Yes, he homered. Maybe I should buy into that a little bit more, but it just kind of felt like, hey, another day at the office for Bobby Witt Jr. That's when a great player goes to a star player, and the Royals certainly have a star on their hands. The last thing I want to dive into is about this bullpen. We constantly talk about this bullpen, but I have some frustrations I need to vent about because I don't believe there's a single guy in this bullpen that is a lock for 2024. I'm going to tell you why. Coming up on Lockdown Royals. You are tuning to Lockdown Royals on the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jack Johnson. You can always follow me on Twitter at JohnnyJ underscore 15. That's at J-O-H-N-Y-J underscore one five. This bullpen to me, is kind of a a love-hate relationship, really. And that may sound crazy, and that may be odd to hear, but there are guys I genuinely like in this bullpen and think they have a future, but there's also a lot of guys I don't know why they still get innings. And I think the the frustrations I want to vent about completely stem from today, which, again, may sound a little crazy, may sound odd, because the Royals shut out Oakland and won 4 to nothing in that series finale. But I want to basically highlight, spotlight, completely center this segment around Jackson Coar. And he's not the only one. There have been multiple guys that have just fumbled this opportunity. The Royals are 41 and 88. If you think there are any high leverage spots for this team the rest of the season, you would be wrong. Yes, by statistics, by a mathematical situation, There are high leverage spots. Bottom of the ninth, one run game, guy at second, two outs. How do you fare in that spot? You know, I think every human being has their blood pumping. 
you're nervous, but win or lose, that game doesn't matter to the 2023 Royals in terms of the standings, the overall outlook. They win or lose a game that they won today, you feel good. It doesn't change anything about this season. So in reality, this is the most low pressure it could be for a lot of bullpen guys. And Jackson Coar is another one of them. And he's always had great stuff. You know, I put him up there in the organization, top 15 in pure stuff, fastball velocity, changeup, the slider he developed in the offseason, all of that. It's top 15 in the organization. But why I'm so frustrated in watching this bullpen is you have all these spots open. You This is tryouts here. These are not guys pitching anymore where it's just a lock for 2024. Scott Barlow was a lock last year. He was a lock the year before. Josh Stama in 2021 was a lock for 2022. Jake Brent, same thing. As long as they were healthy, they were locks. There is not a single guy in this bullpen right now, I would say, that is an absolute lock. I've fallen in love with what John McMillan has done. He, next to Carlos Hernandez, has the best stuff in this bullpen, but I can't say he's a lock just yet. I have to see a little bit more. But Jackson Coar is one of those guys I've always rooted for, I've wanted to see, and he comes in in a 4 nothing situation today and walks the bases loaded. And Carlos Hernandez has to bail him out. You're in a spot where you have to prove to Matt Quattrero, to J.J. Piccolo, to John Sherman, I got this. I can get outs here. You know, I have harped on Taylor Clark before. If you follow me on Twitter and you can do so at J underscore 15, at J-O-H-N-Y-J underscore 1-5, I have criticized Taylor Clark a lot this year and the spots he's been used in. But you know what he did today? He said, give me the ball. I'm getting three outs. Now, I don't think Taylor Clark's going to be on the team next year, but that's a mentality you have to have, whether it's 4 nothing, 7 nothing, or one nothing. Give me the ball. I'm going to get out. John McMillan last night in his third big league outing said, give me the damn ball. I'm going to get us three outs and give us a chance to win this game. The Royals didn't because, again, they're 41-88. and 88. But John McMillan has that mentality. Carlos Hernandez in the first half had that mentality. Today, he also had that mentality. Austin Cox before has had that mentality. But there's too many guys – that nibble around the zone. I mean, you're facing the Oakland A's in front of 17 people. So, I mean, throw strikes. And I know that it's not as simple as that, but I want to quote the great Denny Matthews. Maybe not quote him, just paraphrase what he said before. Denny Matthews has never liked it when guys come in with a cushioned lead and they can't throw strikes. And to quote Ned Yost once again, Son, either you can't throw strikes or you don't want to throw strikes. And unfortunately, neither work at this level. And Jackson Cole is a guy that has so much potential. And we've seen the potential. We've seen it in double A and triple A. We saw it in college. And he can't put it together. But he's not the only one. I'm not trying to harp just on Jackson Coar. There's too many guys in this bullpen that get the ball and they nibble. They're not taking this opportunity. Let's be honest. The Royals have an opportunity here in their bullpen that few major league teams do. There's so many bullpens out there that have guys that are locks. They are going to be there next year. This is an open tryout. And when I see guys not really take that tryout with, you know, by the reins or by full force, it frustrates me a little bit. Like Jackson Core has the pure stuff to become a lock for this bullpen. But he goes in the day against the worst team in Major League Baseball and walks the bases loaded. Yes, the Royals have an off day tomorrow, which is why they could use Carlos Hernandez for an inning and two-thirds. But come on now. you got to save the bullpen a little bit. You can't put your starter in jeopardy of a win and a loss because you can't throw strikes. That just irritates me to no end. 
you know, I don't like it when when Taylor Hearn comes in and he can't throw strikes as well. I know when Colin Snyder threw, what was that, 13, 14 straight balls, that's just not competitive enough. It's an open trial. There should be pressure, yes, but not immense pressure where it's going to dictate a team's playoff chances as opposed to not making the playoffs. The Royals are not making the postseason. They're not going to have a winning record. They're going to lose over 100 games. This should be as low leverage as it gets for some of these guys. And I know some of them are pitching in a big league bullpen for the first time, but if they're not going to take it, somebody else will. And I want some of these guys who I have so much hope for to do that. Jackson Kowar has so much potential, and he looked good in those first two outings since returning. And this felt like the great opportunity to come in and just slam the door, just shove against a bad lineup. And you just gave him three free passes. I mean, that can't be a, a good thing for a lot of these guys trying to make the team in 2024. And Hernandez may well get moved. He, he very well may get moved in this offseason. They could trade him away. And then who is the best guy in the bullpen? <laughs> I might as well go say John McMillan because he clearly has the best stuff after Hernandez. Then who is it? I mean, the Royals are going to be active in Rule 5, I guess. Minor league deals, one-year deals. They're going to try to rebuild this bullpen. And I'd imagine right now they can't go into 2024 with one or two bullpen guys. They need more guys to produce. And right now, that just doesn't seem like there's many guys wanting this opportunity or really taking this opportunity by full force. I'd like to see that heading into September because there's still so many guys that have good stuff. But it can't just be about good stuff. It's got to be about good mentality. And it's got to be about taking that opportunity with confidence. That is going to do it for another edition of Lockdown Royals on the Lockdown Podcast Network. I've been your host, Jack Johnson. You can follow me on Twitter at JohnnyJ underscore 15. That's at J-O-H-N-Y-J underscore 15. Tomorrow it's going to be an off day for the Kansas City Royals, but we are going to break down that upcoming series against the Seattle Mariners, what to expect from Brady Singer, and maybe how this lineup should be constructed heading into September. And one last reminder, you can always find us on those podcasting platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon Music, and you can find us on YouTube. But until tomorrow, you take it easy, Kansas City.